Fearless. Chase. Bold. Following. Courageous. Search. I'm Aaron. And I'm Marshall. And this is Undaunted Pursuit. All right, and here we are. Welcome back, everybody, to Undaunted Pursuit Podcast. We're glad you joined us tonight. Or this back, week. y'all. Glad to have you. Yeah, yeah. So I had an interesting uh, thing happen this week. It was, uh, I was, I, I had come home early. I was trying to come home early because we were, um, what you may not know is we were going through a fast, Marshall. It's been a 21-day fast. And, uh, you know, of course, that's not, it wasn't 21 days of not eating. It was, we gave up something in an effort to get closer to the Lord. And so um, I gave up several different things, and, uh, and as well as the rest of our group, we all did something a little different, and then we all broke fast together. One, um, oh, man, what night was that? Anyway, I can't sometime, sometime last week. But um, so we, we broke fast together. Well, I was coming home early. Well, yeah, and I said last week because this is coming out Monday, so it had been just the other day. Um, I decided to come home early to help Ashley prepare for, you know, getting all the food together, getting all the food ready for, to go over to our friend's house to break fast together. And, uh, I thought I was getting off early to, uh, help Ashley, but God had different plans for that. I suppose, uh, yet again, I pull in the driveway and this, this guy comes walking up, comes walking down my driveway. Hey, God bless you, brother. I was like, Hey, how's it going? So what's up? He's like, are you the preacher here? Because we live next to a church. And I was like, no, man, I'm not a preacher. And I'm like, "Uh, well, I mean, what can I help you with? I'd be more than happy to help you. He's like, oh, man, you know, he's from deep south Mississippi, um, from North Dakota. And uh, come to find out he's passing through. And he's on... uh, he needed a place to stay for the night. And I was like, okay, let me, let me go inside. I'm just getting home from work. Uh, let me yeah. go inside and check how things are going with the family. You stay right here and we'll see how it goes. So I come out, I, I talked to Ashley about it and, uh, everything's good to go. Uh, there's a hotel right down the road from us. And so as I come out and it's like, Hey man, let's, uh, let's go, let's go down to this little motel. That's right down the street. And, uh, as soon as I walked out the door, I was like, man, this is my opportunity. This is my opportunity to preach somebody the good news about Jesus, and that's what's going to happen. And uh, <laughs> we start walking down the sidewalk, and he's like, he's like, man, God bless you, brother. He's like, I, uh, I'm on a mission from God. I'm, I'm out trying to spread the good news about Jesus. So here I am walking out of the house with the sole intention that I'm going to share Jesus with this guy. Because, you know, this happens, as you know, we've talked about it here on the podcast before. This happens mm-hmm. uh, often enough that it's like, I'm, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. And what does he do? He hits me with Jesus right back. And I was like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And so we get to the motel, and uh, it's like, man, just before we before we check you in, let's. Uh, you mind if I pray over? He's like, no, man. He's like, I, I want to pray over you too. It's like, well, thank you, you know. So it was just a cool experience. Like, um, it was just a blessing to have these people that you know walk into our life to be able to try and um, minister to them, to be able to try and. Uh, do what we can for them, find them a place or uh, find them just even right. just to give them a little bit of food to show that hospitality yeah. that uh, God's word tells us to do. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying this on here to boast by any means. I'm just saying that I'm blessed by what God has put into our lives as far as like these people just coming off the street. And this guy was such a cool dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. Such a cool experience, you know. What when 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 God gets to doing stuff like that, you just you just never know what's going to happen. But I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, I was I thought I was getting off of work early to come home and help Ashley, but God had different plans. There was a plan. It's funny when you look back and it's like, golly, I, you know, you think 
God has God places you in the right moments at the right time. Oh yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. So, but yeah, I love it. No, so it was good. We had a good uh, breaking the fast, and then we had a good Bible study that night uh, with you know with with the men's group, which I wished he was a part of, Marshall. <laughs> Of your of your men's group, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, well, you know, if I was a little bit closer, that could be a possibility. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but let me tell you this: so there are so many misconceptions when I I'm talking about fasting, and there's so many misconceptions that you don't have to be going through an issue to do a fast. The fast no. is to cultivate that that closer relationship with Jesus. It yeah. you know, you don't necessarily have to be and and it's like I had when we were breaking the fast some of the gals that were going through it with us they were like, "Oh, you know, what did what did God show you through this fast?" and it's like, "I, I really don't know. I didn't necessarily have a goal. Do I want clarity for the uh for the up up and coming move for what God's called us to do?" Yeah. But my clarity from this fast may not come right now. And, you know, I just wanted, I just wanted a, a, a closer relationship with God. And so, and I wanted to show support with my wife. She wanted to do it too. And we were all on the same page and it's uh, fasting is a good thing and it is oh, biblical yeah. and it's, we can back up why fasting is so good um, with, we're not going to get into it tonight, but go read the Bible. There, fasting is a good thing. And cause you always, it was always kind of taboo or at least, um, in my younger years growing up, it always kind of was taboo. It, wouldn't you say Marshall? Uh, you know, I really didn't, um, for me, I wouldn't have said it was taboo. I just didn't know a whole lot about it growing up. No one really talked about it. Uh, in church, I never heard it talked about ever, um, until I got older and, you know, Mm -hmm. being involved in the churches I was in really uh, until I started going to like a non-denominational church is when I really started hearing about fasting. Now, if they, if they talked about fasting when I was younger, other churches, maybe I was just young and wasn't paying attention. Uh, but I don't recall anybody ever talking about it, which is a shame because it's, it's, I think it's really important, um, too fast and to spend that time with God, just seeking him and seeking what it is he wants you uh, to hear or to be doing in your life. You know, the idea behind it is the, is taking away those worldly distractions that would uh, otherwise uh, distract you from uh, cultivating that, that relationship, getting closer to God and creating and not creating, but trying to, uh, create i guess create that relationship between you and the lord and so it's it's a sad thing that it doesn't get preached on enough it is it really is um i wanted to share something that happened to me this week at work and aaron you you may have read about this with this bible study we're doing amongst you and i and your other friends um with the comments Mm -hmm. i looked in, in that bible study but um so, so yesterday, yesterday I, so, okay, let me back up. So with my, with my job that I have, I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but with, with my job that I have, um, sure. when I first started this position that I have in my job, I was going through a training group and there was an individual in this training group that was one of the trainers that I wasn't fond of. <laughs> Um, he just, in my opinion, had a very, um, I'm better than you attitude. I know it all kind of attitude. So that kind of stuck with me. And as time went on, he would say things or do things or act in ways that just was the same thing over and over again. So I just never did like him for a long time. And, 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 and this guy would look over our designs that we were designing and stuff. He would review them and grade them essentially. So anyway, um, through that process, you know, all those reviews, there's times when he did things wrong or messed up or made mistakes. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, Hey, you're, you're like higher than me. You know, more than me, you shouldn't be, you know, missing this stuff. And so I'd always get frustrated. Well, um, anyway, uh, and there were some other things that happened 
you know, in, in the past last year or whatever that really rubbed me the wrong way. And so yesterday at work, mm-hmm. me and other coworkers were, were talking about um, this individual. And I kind of get, I was just in kind of a funky mood yesterday. Not a bad mood. I was just in a very vocal, very honest and blunt mood. And uh, just, I guess mm, what they were nice. saying yesterday, I had a kind <laughs> of a, yeah, yeah, I had kind of a very spicy attitude yesterday. <laughs> and so we were talking about this guy. And when they mentioned this person's name, I, I, um, can I, can I say this word? It's not a cuss word. I think I can say it. What? Sure. It, it's, it, it, I, You're I telling called a story. him a cocky prick. Yeah, I called him a cocky prick. <laughs> it's, it's not a cuss word, but it's not nice to be calling people those names. So anyway, I, I, I ended up doing, but some people may, some people him. may think of it as a cuss word, but some, some, some people might, but that's, that's what I, I called the individual and, and talking about him and stuff. Well, one of the supervisors had heard me saying this and he came out and was kind of like, Hey, you know, you might want to be careful. And he was just kind of talking to me and everything and saying all this stuff, like, be careful, watch it, you know, be careful what you see or else I may have to, you know, you know, turn you in or, you know, tell somebody about what you're saying or all this stuff kind of called me out Mm -hmm. right in front of everybody in there. And that kind of upset me. I was like, you you could have pulled me aside, you know, and talked to me about that. Um, And he was kind of warning me and just kind of like, you know, Hey, don't make a mountain out of a molehill kind of a deal, you know, and just saying all this stuff. And he was right, you know, but um, my attitude at the time, I just didn't care. And I was just like, well, it's true. This guy's, and, and, and this guy, you know, had also, that I don't like, he had been talking behind my back and saying some stuff about me, but here I was doing the exact same thing um, that he was doing to me. So I was, I was no better whatsoever. I wasn't acting any better. I wasn't being better. And so anyway, um, right. I ended up s- staying after work a little bit later um, because I knew that that supervisor when I, I wasn't in trouble, uh, but the, I knew I knew that, that that supervisor wanted to talk to me, and my supervisor was there too. So I stayed late till everybody left, and he came out. And that supervisor apologized for calling me out for everybody, and I told him, I said, yeah, you know, I, I said I appreciate that. I, said, I was mad. I said that's why I got up. I said, that's why I got up and walked out. I said I was upset because you you called me out. I didn't really appreciate that. I said, but look, I mm-hmm. I forgive you. The moral of the story is is that as that day. Once I got home and the night went on, um, God really, <laughs> and which the, the the Bible study that we were that, that we're doing, it really hit on that, and God was really working on me, and you know the supervisor was mm-hmm. right, you know, and I and like I, t- I told the supervisor, I wasn't um, right by uh, calling this guy out and by saying the things I was saying. I was being foolish. And, and honestly, in the eyes of the Lord, by saying what I was saying and using that kind of language and and talking behind his back and gossiping, like I was doing all these things, like I was like straight up sending and not being a Christian example. I got <clears throat> caught up in the mess really bad. Um, but God was just really Easy working on me in that Bible study, and was just really like, you know, speaking to me and just, you know, when I was going through this Bible study, I, I really felt drawn to contact this guy and just um ask for amends you know really and, yeah and i hadn't talked to him he, he didn't know that i was saying this and he didn't know that i knew he had said what he said well i i, I didn't call him i haven't called him because i thought well maybe that's not a good idea you know because if he doesn't know anything and i say that it could he's gonna say well how'd you find out it could just spark a whole nother mess right so instead right. of doing that instead of doing that i just i, I prayed and i asked god for forgiveness um you know, for, for being like that and just ask for his mercy and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I say all that to say that it was a big learning lesson for me. And it was, I mean, and it's like, I, I knew better and I knew all those things not to do it, but it's just, it's so easy to get caught up in our emotions and in the mess, you know, sometimes. And, and sometimes you just got to stop and be like, you know what, <laughs> for one, that's not me. I've got to be better than that. And I, I, I'm not being a good example to the people around me by acting like that. And so, when you're mm-hmm. in the moment, you don't think about that sometimes. But this situation yep. helped me realize 
I've got to start being more thoughtful of those situations and really think about how I'm acting and what I'm saying and what I'm doing and, and just really consider that situation because, you know, I've, I've, like I said, I've, I've got to be better. I've got to be uh, a better example of Christ. Uh, so anyway, it, it was, it was a, a good lesson um, for me, you know, Hey, even, you know, being a Christian since I was like 13, 14 years old, um, I'm still messing up daily. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no better than anybody else. And, um, God's still teaching me stuff always. So, uh, I, I just wanted to share that with, with you, Aaron, and, and just with our listeners and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, that, yeah, God is, God is good. And like, Aaron and I always say, uh, we're real people, <laughs> you know, we're not better than anybody else. And I just like being <laughs> open with our listeners. So anyway, I know that was a long story. I'm sorry. I know we have a lot to get to. Uh, well, no, that's <laughs> well, no, no, and it's it's good because it it shows that you know that God will truly humble you, especially in moments such as that. And what was it? I was just thinking of something. I just had a thought in my head that uh, that was escaping me, and. Uh, and now for the life of me, I can't remember what it is, but it's okay. You know, it's, it's a constant daily, it's a constant daily battle, uh, between your, uh, your flesh with your flesh. Yeah. And sometimes it, it does overtake you and you've got to just the, repent, ask God for forgiveness and, and keep yep. running that race, you know? And yeah, absolutely. It, it's funny that you would bring up that story tonight. Because we do get into a little bit of that. I mean, because it does sound like you did make a judgment on him. And we're going to see that with this in chapter 18. Luke chapter 18 was what we're covering tonight. And the yep. Pharisee and the tax collector, you're going to see how he um, just automatically judges this uh, tax collector. This Pharisee judges him. And uh, yep. so anyway, we're going to learn all about that. But in the meantime, we're going to learn a little bit first about prayer, and which is what you went to and what um, I ultimately, if you were to ask me now, what did I, what kind of clarity did I receive on this fast? And it was to pray more and to uh, just get better at communicating with God, communicating what our wants, what our needs is, to continually go to Him with our uh with our needs and to rely solely on God to have his will be done in our life. And so that being said, let's get into Luke 18. Let's go. Verse one, it kind of starts out and I'm going to read verse one, and then we're just going to kind of paraphrase this, uh, this unjust judge. Okay. So Jesus was telling this disciples uh, a parable to make a point that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. How many times, Marshall, do you see, even like, even in our life, have we, have I asked that, uh, you know, we ask God for something, we don't think that he's responding right away. And we all know that God's uh, timing is his timing and his timing is perfect and God, because God is good and his plans for our life are good. And, so we, when we pray, we just keep praying. We keep uh, asking God. We keep asking God to heal, you know, heal somebody and to heal. But it, you know, His plan and His purpose for our lives, it are good, whether we see it or not. So continually pray, and that's what Jesus is trying to get to here. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, well, 110%. we might as well uh, might as well put that. Uh, disclaimer out right now, Marshall. <laughs> He's typing me messages. <laughs> no, yeah. So we're, we're, we got storms rolling through here in Texas, where I'm at right now. And so, if in the case uh, we lose you or I lose you, Aaron, um, that is why I saw our, our yep. lights just kind of dimmed there for a second. So uh, there's a possibility <laughs> that can happen. Cool. That, not a big deal. We'll just keep trucking along here. But uh, so it. the. Jesus is telling this parable about an unjust judge. He's obviously an ungodly man. He does not fear God. And this lady keeps coming to him, um, asking him for a uh, justice and legal protection against her adversary. Uh, 
I can't say. I, you know, I've read through this adversary. several times and I cannot say adverse, adversary. For some reason, I can't get it out. And uh, anyway, right. she's, a, right. she's a widow. She's dealing with this, uh, with this adversary and mm-hmm. she keeps bugging this judge, this unjust judge. Yeah. And he's not, and in no way, we'll put this disclaimer out too, that in no way is Jesus comparing God to this unjust judge, but he's making a point here. Um, mm-hmm. So this this unjust judge, this ungodly judge, wouldn't, for the longest time, wouldn't uh, listen to this widow and just didn't want to have anything to do with it. But uh, he, he comes up, he has this thought in his mind. He's like, man, this lady's just going to keep bugging me. And she's going to keep bugging me until I do something about it. So because he he's annoyed at this and she's going to wear me out with this, he says, fine. He, he finally uh, caves in to um, what this widow wants. And so in verse six here, the Lord said, listen to what the unjust said, uh, unjust judge says. And then he makes this uh, not necessarily comparison, but he he says, will not. God be because God being the ultimate judge, the good judge, the just judge. And it says in verse seven here in the amplified that, and will not our just God defend and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. Will he delay in providing justice on their behalf? He's, he's asking an open-ended question. He's like, no, God is so much better than this unjust judge because he is just and he is good. And if if this unjust judge would eventually give in, how much more will God, being the just judge that he is, protect his chosen ones? Absolutely. And then that's where Jesus is going here in verse 8. He, he says, I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth? He's talking about what he previously, what we previously spoke of last week in the second coming of Jesus, his triumphant return. And is he going to find, is he going to find you, those listening with that kind of faith, the kind of faith that even though you don't see what God is doing in your life, yeah. are you keeping the faith? Are you still believing that God has that perfect plan for you and that he will he will act in a justly manner. Do you believe that he will fulfill the promise that he's made on your life? What, what do you say? What do you have to say on those first uh, eight verses, Marshall? So to be honest, those first eight verses, I don't have a whole lot to say. I was more focused on the next um, 11 through 14 that's coming up. That's the kind of stuff. So when I'm reading this, um, I, I, I really just, the, the things that stand out to me is when I start zoning in and the first part was great yeah. that you just yeah. talked about, but it really didn't stand out to me a whole lot, but this, what's, what's coming up next is kind of what stood out to me some. So that's kind of what I was focusing on, but, um, I agree with what you were saying previously and, and I, you just, uh, hit the nail on the head and did a fantastic job. How about that? <laughs> well, and, and the reason that, the reason that it would probably I can see why uh, the next the next set of verses will uh, resonate a little bit better because of the fact that um, we can relate to it better. We see it all the time in our uh, society today, and uh, it it does it it resonates much more. Um, but the the kind of prayer. The first eight verses are important for the fact that Jesus is trying to tell us that pray, keep on praying. And where is it that it says, uh, where is that verse um, that says, uh, keep praying, pray with, uh, take your uh, prayers and your petitions to to God. Lord. And yeah. um, uh, I can't remember exactly where it's at. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm really bad at that. I'm not very good at memorizing scripture. I'm good at remembering that it's in there, that it's in God's word, that what he's told us, because we do, but I'm just, I, a lot of the time I cannot remember. And that's kind of where I do fail, but you know, <laughs> not perfect. No, no, and, we'll, and, no and I, I'm the same way. I've not ever been that good at memorizing but in first thessalonians it talks about praying continually and i just had it 
I just had it. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray continually. Do, 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 do. Yeah, it says rejoice always. Well, 16 is rejoice always. And 17 is pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, for this is God's will for you in Christ. But, I mean, that's just one of many uh, verses. That one of many. Talks about yeah. Prayer. But anyway. Okay. Either way. Pray. Keep on praying. Don't think that God is not listening to your prayers because he surely is. So just keep, be persistent with it. Absolutely. So verse 9, we're getting into the Pharisee and the tax collector, and we're going to see this uh, account of um, a a Pharisee obviously being judgy, (laughs) being judgmental, and... um, and of course, like they do, like we've talked about, and we've we've seen in this Gospel of Luke, that these guys do think more highly of themselves than others. So, um, verse nine, he uh, Jesus is to also uh, tells this parable to some people who trusted in themselves and were confident that they were righteous. So these people are posing outwardly, as, outwardly, yeah, whatever. They're they're posing outwardly as upright and right standing with God. So these people think that they're already that their poo don't stink and mm-hmm. uh and and they're looking at other people they're just not as good as me. Uh, I'm I'm so much better than them with we are all no matter what you've done in your life we are all guilty of sin. There is yeah. no one that is better especially in the eyes of the Lord. No one is better than the other. Yep, absolutely. So, um, Marshall, just stop me wherever. We'll just keep trucking through this. We're going to see um, as we get into verse ten. There's two guys, two men going up to the temple to pray. One is going to be a Pharisee. One's a tax collector. Um, yep. And the Jesus points out here that the Pharisee uh, stands there, and of course. <laughs> In parentheses, because I'm using an amplified version, this Pharisee is standing here uh, ostentatiously. (laughs) I may be saying it wrong, and I don't exactly know what it it means, but if I had to take a wild guess, I would say that this guy was standing there proud and, uh, you know, prideful. And we all know that that type of pride is mm-hmm. is of the is of the devil oh yeah that is 100 correct um no so i mean pretty much all i was gonna do is just pretty much go into 11 through 14 which is what aaron's already started doing here um if you don't mind aaron I, i'd like to read this 11 just kind of start yeah reading go for it. it uh so in Starting in verse 11, it says, The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, like robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I mean, right there, he's already thinking he's better and bigger and better than than everybody else. Because he, he immediately says, or even this tax collector. I mean, of course, he you know mentions that robbers and evildoers and adulterers, but he thinks he's better than. And then he goes and starts boasting in his prideful way and talking about, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. And so he's sitting there like Aaron said, he's being very prideful. He's kind of full of himself and he goes to pray. And he's almost going to pray and brag to God about, look at me, look what I'm doing. And so he's doing it. This Pharisee, he's, he's praying in a way that where people around him will, will hear him and see him. Uh, people who are, who are, who are nearby. And so he's not, he's not going to pray to be humble. Um, but he's going to pray so people can hear like, Hey, look at what I'm doing. Um, which is not what you should be doing when you pray to God. And so I'm going to keep reading. When we go into verse 13, it says, But the tax collector, he stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. So the tax collector, he has a completely different approach on this. So the Mm -hmm. Pharisee was prideful, full of himself, kind of just... Look at me, look at what I do, this look at how I do things. I'm better than the tax collector and the robbers and all these people. But then you have the tax collector who comes up very humble. Really, he doesn't even feel worthy to look up to heaven. 
and mm-hmm. and 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 he immediately just asks God, and in his prayer, he says, "God, have mercy on me." And so, I'll 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 read on in, into fourteen. Um, well, hold on just a second. I, I, before you before you move on, there are uh, myriads of judgment passages, judgment uh, scriptures on judgment. What this Pharisee was doing, he was automatically judging without even knowing, because of course we mere humans do not know uh, the hearts of others. And one uh, one passage of scripture stuck out to me when I was looking up different um, passages on judgment. And it, it, before you go and judge somebody else, make a judgment before you even have a chance to know what their situation is or know what to um, know anything about them. Remember this out of Romans chapter two, verses one through three, that you therefore have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know Verse, this is verse 2. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? That one is one that uh, just stuck out to me. Another one that did was John uh, chapter 7, verse 24, is stop judging by mere appearances, but instead, instead judge correctly. Um. Mm-hmm. So don't don't be sitting there. You know this Pharisee was automatically judging. Um, he's judging himself with pride. You know he was prideful in where he was, where he stood, and even though and judging this tax collector in not knowing that this tax collector was coming with a humble heart, already humbled and and ready to repent, and mm-hmm. the Pharisee was. Uh, so already committing, you know, he was already committing a sin, whether he uh, chose to or recognized the fact that he was committing a sin. This, this is why, the, the, you know, this is why Jesus had to come, is because it's so, uh, you can miss it. You can miss oh, yeah. what you don't think is a sin so easily. Oh, yeah, 100%. Now that, that's a very good so, point. Uh, I really cool. like that. Yeah. So yeah. So, so go on. Uh, keep, verse fourteen. Yeah. So I'm going to keep reading here. So verse fourteen says, "I tell you that uh, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted." So what I really want to point out is. The Pharisee was being very self-righteous, and we need to realize and recognize that self-righteousness, it's dangerous. It, it leads to pride, and it leads mm-hmm. you to cause, you know, to, to despise other people, and it's going to prevent you possibly from learning from God because you're just so focused on yourself. Whereas the tax collector, his prayer was more like how we should pray our prayers, and because we all need God's mercy. And that's what that text collector did. He asked for, for God's mercy in his prayer. And that's the only thing he asked for. He didn't ask for anything else. He wasn't being boastful. He wasn't talking about himself and focused on him. He was just came to God very humble and asked for mm-hmm. grace. And, you know, so something that's really important to take from this is, is to, to not let pride in, in your achievements that you have in life cut you off from God. Because it's very easy to allow the, the the achievements that you you have in life to get prideful in that, and that can cut you off from God. Mm-hmm. And um, but what I what you know obviously what really stood out to me in, in in those verses was the Pharisee was exalting himself, and the tax collector mm-hmm. was 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 being humble and was exalting God, and. Uh, yeah, that, that last little verse, there, the last little line of, of 14, where it says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. And so I, that really sucks to me. I highlighted it. I underlined it. Um, and that's something we, I think we can all live by. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Just 
come to God, humble, humble yourselves before God. Pride is nowhere. Pride is nowhere to be. Despite what the world will say to you, uh, to be prideful is is evil. It's so, definitely not of God. Uh, verse fifteen. Yeah, exactly. So, verse fifteen here, and this is I. I really like this. Uh, this little from fifteen through seventeen. Uh, we're seeing these people that obviously Jesus was talking to. They start bringing their kids, uh, their babies to him, and so that he would touch and bless them. And the disciples, um, they they must they had a problem with it. They started reprimanding these people, and and Jesus says, "Hey, hold on, hold on, don't you know even don't stop." You know that's what the disciples had to learn is don't stop people from coming to Jesus. It is who are we? Who are we to stop people from coming to Jesus? Just like this, mm-hmm. Jesus says to uh, and calls them, calls all these kids to himself, and he says, "Allow the children." And calls, uh, oh, G- Jesus called. I'm sorry. Well, verse sixteen, Jesus called uh, called them to himself, saying to the apostles, "Allow the children to come to me. Do not forbid them, for the kingdom of uh, God belongs to such as these." And then I'm going to finish this out, and we'll talk about it. Verse 17, I assure you, most solemnly say to you, whoever whoever does not receive the kingdom of God with faith and humility like a child will not enter it at all. We're staying on this um, topic, on this same topic of humility and faith as what we've talked about already. But Marshall, think about a child. Think about how a child is. Is you can tell them uh, Santa Claus is coming down the chimney, and they will believe you, no questions asked. Yeah. And how much more they fall down on? Uh, they fall down. They scrape their knee. How uh, they expect you to be there? They expect you to fix it. They expect you to bandage it. Um, a child jumps off the couch on uh, at you. They expect you. They automatically have that kind of faith that you will catch them before they fall and hurt themselves. So, and that's what Jesus is getting at. If you don't come to him, if you don't come to uh, God and you don't uh, receive the king, uh, let me see here. The, the kingdom of God belongs to people, and he's, he's talking about everybody. That's how we, even as adults, should come to our Heavenly Father as a child, mm-hmm. reaching up to him, asking him for a, him to pick us up, because we have full faith that he is never going to let us fall. Absolutely. It's like Do you have anything saying. to add to that, Marshall? Well, I, I'm not, I mean, really, you, you've hit everything that I would have covered, but I just want to reiterate that it's just— we should always come to God with that childlike faith, just complete and total uh, reliance, relying on on God for everything, having a hundred percent faith in God that He will take care of you. It's like Aaron said, when a child falls and scares me, they reach up to their parents and, "Hey, help me." Um, mm-hmm. you know, a, a child relies on his or her mother or father for everything. And that's exactly like Aaron said, that's what God yeah. expects of us. And that's what he wants from us. He wants us to rely on him. Like, yeah. cause he's our heavenly father. He's our father. He wants us to rely on him. Like a child relies on, on, on you. So, uh, yeah, not much more I could say about that. Aaron, you hit it on the, hit the nail on the head. Again. <laughs> you're, on, you're on a roll. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> I know it. And I'm doing this without notes here. I, I had prayed earlier today. This is like, all right, Lord. Hey, Let's, you know, Holy Spirit, just give me the, you know, give us the words. I want, I want, mm-hmm. we, I want you. I want the Holy Spirit to speak through us. I don't want this to be our words. I want whatever message that the Holy Spirit has to put out there. That's what I want. That is, yeah. you know, so whatever comes out of our mouths, it hope is a Holy Spirit led. So, um, Anyway, yeah, and I, I get fired up. I've been fired up, and, you know, it's this is is worth getting fired up for. Mm-hmm. So in verse 18, we're, now we're getting into a different, uh, a different uh, way, uh, par- not necessarily a parable, but um, it, it, we're moving on. And a, a certain ruler, 
uh, comes up to Jesus and he asks him, good teacher, you who are essentially and morally good, is what the uh, Amplified says, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That is eternal salvation in the Messiah's kingdom. So this uh, this ruler is coming up. And of course, as soon as this guy starts coming up, Jesus knows his heart. This guy's yeah. thinking, this guy's got all kinds of money. And you see that nowadays, people trying to buy their salvation, people trying to think that their good deeds are going to get them into heaven. And... Yeah. Uh, thinking that they can, the more stuff they have, the more stuff they can buy, and the more stuff that they can give to others, that, uh, that that's automatically going to get them into heaven. And that's exactly what this rich young ruler was thinking when he walked up to Jesus. And that's why you're going to see Jesus ask him, why are you calling me good? He's like, you don't, you don't think that I'm good. It's, you're just greeting me like that. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Yeah. Am I wrong in that, Marshall? I, you know, I, I, I don't think so. Um, if you want, I can read this. This I have a little snippet, as I so as I call it, that talks specifically on uh, verse eighteen. Uh, if you want yeah. to, uh, so it says. It says this ruler sought this ruler sought reassurance, some way of knowing for sure that he had eternal life. He wanted Jesus to measure and grade his qualifications, or to give him some task he could do to assure his own immortality. So Jesus gave him a task. The one, the one thing the rich ruler knew he could not do. Who then, who mm. then can be saved? The bystanders ask, no one can by his or her, I can't speak tonight. No one can by his or her own achievements. Jesus answered, Je- sorry, my goodness. Jesus's answer implied what is impossible with men is possible with God. Salvation cannot be earned. It is God's mm-hmm. gift. So that's based on what this says is, is really what's going on there, which I, I thought was really good. Yeah, so he Jesus tells this rich young ruler, he's like, you're already aware of the law. You know mm-hmm. what you should be doing. And the what he is implying, like what you were reading there, Marshall, is when he tells this guy, sell everything, get rid of all your stuff, and put your faith and trust and follow me. So mm-hmm. what he's saying is, this is what he's come to do. Not that he's not saying that you can't have stuff. That because everything that we have, all these houses, these cars, these RVs, the the four wheelers, and everything you have is provided by God for you to enjoy the life that he's given us here on this earth. But what he's dry, what he's making a point to this rich young ruler who thought that he could buy his way into heaven is the fact that sell all your stuff. Don't be coming at me thinking that you can buy your way into heaven that, that uh, because you have all this stuff that that just makes you a good person. No, get rid of all of it. Don't put your faith in the stuff that you've got. Rely on me. Not, not me, yeah. but Jesus is that, you know, <laughs> Jesus is saying, <laughs> rely on me and have your, put your faith in me that I will provide for you. Put your faith in God that he will provide everything that you have. Mm-hmm. 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 And so we kind of covered, we kind of covered all the way up to, uh, you, you guys can go read it for yourselves. Um, we, we kind of, uh, covered all the way up to verse 23. And so what is this rich young ruler's response to this? Because he puts his faith in worldly possessions. He hears this, and he he hears these things that Jesus just said, and he becomes very sad, for he was extremely rich. He doesn't want to give up that money. Mm-hmm. And so then Jesus looks at him, and he says, "How? go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I wanted to read something that's talking about You're first, good. you know, 20, 22 and twenty three there. And this is just a little in this little explanation down below. It's talking about you know chapter eighteen, twenty two, and twenty three. And the one spot I, that I highlighted, it, it explains this. He does ask us all, however, talking about God, to get rid of anything that has become more important than God. Uh, if, mm, if your mm-hmm. basis for security has shifted from God to what you own it would be better for you to get rid of those possessions. So essentially, if you're putting those things before God and those things are more important to you than God are, and it's essentially you're, you've allowed those things to become idols in your life, and I'd be a bad idea to get rid of them so you can focus on God instead of those worldly possessions that God has given you. 
Yeah. Well, and we kind of skipped over it, and I'm going to pull you, Marshall, that um, <laughs> he, he not only – Jesus not only tells him to get rid of all of his stuff, but to also give it to the poor. And the bottom uh, – the little subnotes here say this was a radical test of the ruler's concern for others. Jesus was determining whether the ruler's treasure lie with God or money. And Jesus was not establishing a new requirement for being saved. He was examining the ruler's orientation to God by directly confronting him with the very thing that was hindering him, namely his wealth, mm-hmm. which is why he got sad. He didn't want to give this stuff to the poor. He was, he was attached to it. And then, um, mm-hmm. and then he asks a, an open-ended question here in verse 24. He looks at this rich young ruler, Jesus does, and he asks how difficult it is uh, is it uh, how difficult it is for those or no he makes a statement sorry it's not a question but he's like how difficult it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of god these people that are wealthy think they have it all and yet you see it all the time nowadays that they're still searching the reason they still keep buying stuff is because they're still searching. Something is not filling that void. You know what fills that void? God. Faith and trust in Jesus. That's what fills. That's what ultimately fills you up. Fills that void. Fills that unhappiness. Fills that depression. Yep. And so uh, verse 25 here, it says for it, and it's, we've all heard this. If you've been, if you've been reading your Bible and you've heard this before, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man who places his faith in wealth or status to enter the kingdom of God. We all know camels are big, needles are small, the hole of the needle is small. And it's easier for them than for a rich man who places their faith in or wealth or status to enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Which then, of course... <laughs> leaves people uh, wondering, well, then who can be saved? So now who they're asking, can who can, anybody, anybody can be saved, no matter what you've done, no matter how bad your sin is. We've said this before, that there is no sin too great for God. If you are repentant and you've put your faith and trust in what Jesus has come to do on this earth and what we're going through, and you uh, fully trust in Jesus, that's who can be saved. And here we go. Verse 27. The things that are impossible with people are possible with God. Peter says, look, we have left all things, uh, homes, families, businesses, and followed you. And he said to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God, who will not receive God. many times as much. Right, you cannot outgive him. You can't give up what God gave up, what for us. Yeah, God sent His only Son to this earth in the flesh, and we're reading it right here to as a payment for our sins. And how good was that? And all all He asks in return is is for us to put our faith and trust in Him and what He did on that cross. We're going to keep going back to the we. Ultimately, keep going back to the cross because that was that was the greatest sacrifice. Verse thirty: Who will not receive many times as much in this present age and in the age to come eternal life? That is our treasure, people. That is what we look forward to: is eternal life in the presence of God. Mm-hmm. That is the true treasure. One hundred percent. So. Verse 31, he takes the 12 disciples aside and he says to them, listen carefully. This is Jesus talking here. We are going up to Jerusalem. He's going to tell them now, and uh, um, we're not, we're we're not going to go through it but he's uh, verbatim, but he, he pulls the disciples aside and he says, look here, uh, we're, we're going to Jerusalem. That's where they're heading right now. And he, he's trying to tell them again, like he has several times before, that what his plan, what he's come to this earth to do, what he's come in the flesh to do. And the disciple, he's, mm. he's going to be, um, because he, and he's, he's bringing up the point that, uh, that it's been written throughout the prophets, um, about the son of man, 
And he's going to, he's, he's come to fulfill that. He's going to be betrayed. He's going to be handed over to the Gentiles, the Roman authorities, and he's going to be mocked. He's going to be ridiculed. He's going to be insulted. He's going to be abused, spit on, scourged, or scourged, whipped, and then they will eventually kill him. But the good news is he's, and on the third day, he will rise from the dead. But the, the disciples didn't understand this. They still don't understand this, despite Jesus telling them them over and over again. They are still they still don't believe them. <laughs> they still. I think. I think that would probably be me. I probably would have been one of those disciples. Like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, he's like, you guys have been taught this. You you've heard the prophets, and now I'm telling you in person. That this is what my this is what I've come to do, and they still don't believe it. Man, so many times do we uh, miss the promises of God that we don't we don't necessarily believe what He can accomplish in our lives, and yeah. yet He still will accomplish. He still will prevail in our lives. His will will still be done in our lives. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says in verse 34 that this statement was hidden from them and they did not grasp the meaning of the things that were being said by Jesus. Mm-hmm. So like we said, they're on their way to Jerusalem. And so they were approaching, as we move on into verse 35, they're approaching Jericho, which is on their way to Jerusalem. And it happened that there was a blind man sitting beside the road begging. Go ahead, Marshall. No, I was wanting to read some of this. If you don't mind, I kind of want to. I got some notes. I need a drink anyway. I wanna, go for it. I want to. Good. Go. Go get your drink. <laughs> so, as I was saying, so we going into verse thirty-five here. Uh, we go into talking about Jesus running into a blind beggar. So, in thirty-five, it says, "As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging." When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of, Naz- Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Now, this is where it gets good. In verse 38, oh, yeah. he called out, the blind man, this is who they're talking about. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So what's important to point out here is this, this blind man says, son mm, of David. Mm. And, 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 and what that means is, Son of David was a title for the Messiah. For, for the Messiah, so that showed Jesus that that blind man recognized that he was the Son of God. That he, that, yeah. that blind man knew that Jesus was Jesus, and so that's why that's 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 important to point out that when he said, "Son of David, have mercy on me." So then it goes on in thirty nine, and says, "Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more." Mm. Son of David, have mercy on me. So, I mean, he said it once, and then he said it twice. So he, he was going to be for sure. Hold on right there, Marshall. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- before you go on, um, th- that's exactly what we were saying earlier with the children coming to Jesus. Don't stop people from coming to Jesus. Don't get in, yep. this, don't get in their way. Yep. We should be leading people to Jesus. Not stopping people from coming to Jesus. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you know it, it's the same. Well, it, it's the same message being preached here. Well, it is, and if you think, you know, it's like you said, those people were trying to stop the blind beggar, and you know, and somebody who's blind back in that time was probably kind of shunned from society and was thought of as less than everybody else, mm-hmm. just like the Pharisee thought that the tax collector was less than. So it's kind of the same thing going on there. Well. Something that's, that's, that's important to point out is the blind man was humble, just like the tax collector was humble. So these these two stories, these two different yeah. situations here, really kind of tie in hand to hand. Um, so anyway, it just goes on to say in forty, Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. I, you know, when I read that, I was like, man, Jesus is being a boss. <laughs> He's like saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop yeah. it. Stop it. Hang on. <laughs> Bring that guy to me. Bring him over here. And so they did. They, mm-hmm. they, uh, when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? 
And it's not like Jesus didn't know, because clearly Jesus knows, because Jesus recognized that. <laughs> That's why Jesus stopped, because Jesus recognized that the blind beggar recognized that Jesus was Jesus. And so the blind beggar says, Lord, I want to see, he replied. I love that, that kind of faith. The blind beggar was just like, God, this is what I want. Like, I just want to see, because he knew yeah. That Jesus could heal him. He, he, he absolutely knew it. And so Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you right there. Like I just said, the mm. man's faith, the blind beggar's mm. faith healed him. So immediately the, the, the blind beggar received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised him. I, when, when I see that, I just picture um, like, You've you've got the line of people doing the uh, like the, the little dancing train. People you kind of hold on to someone's hips, and you're all dancing and stuff. And someone <laughs> yeah, the sees conga it line. And they, <laughs> the conga line, and then somebody else sees it. Like, oh, it looks like fun, and they get in. And that, that, that's kind of what I pictured there. Was as soon as they saw the blind man being healed, they're like, oh, I like this. Well, I want to join in on this fun. So yeah, um, I that whole section right there, I just really loved it because the faith of the blind man was just it was pretty amazing. And Jesus saw that. Well, just think about it this way. Jesus already knew, like you said, Marshall, what he wanted. Because Jesus knows everything. But mm-hmm. your words, your words matter to God. Your words matter to, to Jesus. And he wants you to come to him and speak to him, and it's uh, it's just like what we were talking about early on, and praying. You can you pray to yourself, but I made this statement the other day that when you pray out loud, it seems to be that there is uh, more power in praying out loud when you actually just cry out to the Lord and and ask Him. You know, it's a it, praying is also a act of worship. So cry out to the Lord, and when you do. When you do, and what we can take out of this last little bit of chapter 18 is the fact that have that faith. Don't just merely ask. You must believe that in what you're asking, that God will fulfill that. And that's where that faith comes in, is that you need to truly believe in what you're asking for, that God is going to fulfill what you are asking yep. or what you are petitioning. Yeah. Very good. I love it. Yeah. And what should we do? Praise and honor God. Even for the one, even for the prayers that we think. Now I say that with heavy emphasis on we think go unanswered because they don't. Mm -hmm. No prayer is left unanswered by God. Yeah. Just because your prayer doesn't get answered when you want it doesn't mean God's not going to answer your prayer. It just means it's not his time. It's not your time. Amen. Amen. So, all right. Hey, we made it through a full chapter, my man. Hey, we did it. We rocked it and we rolled it. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. Well, shoot. Yeah, I guess it's still still pretty nice outside. I got to get the... Uh, RV ready. I think we're going to go camping. So for the weekend and you got to get, and I know that's kind of silly because we're recording this on a Thursday and, uh, it's silly that I have to take the RV down uh, this early, but I tell you what things down on that river get filled up quick. I I don't know where these people get so much time off, but you got to beat the crowds down. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So, well, good words today, my man. Yeah, hopefully uh, you guys yes, can uh, go go read through. You know, I hope you guys are, those listening, are following along with us in uh, this gospel, and uh, it, it's good stuff. And so if you guys uh, like what you're hearing, I encourage you to share this with somebody this week. Um, we appreciate it. As always, you guys uh, get on Apple Podcast, get on Spotify, YouTube, all that. Leave us a good rating, leave us a good review, and uh, make sure you wherever you can subscribe, subscribe, follow, 
uh, whatever. That way you guys keep up with when we drop a new episode. Um, yep. You guys are more than welcome to message us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, anywhere you can message us, us uh, mail at undaunted pursuit is our email. Or, sorry, mail at undaunted is our email. Feel free, message us, whatever you want to say to us. I, you know, you, you're not going to hurt our feelings. Whatever you want to say, give shoot us a message. We'd love to hear from mm-hmm. you. Um, uh, hey, we've had a lot of support here lately, Marshall, on the uh, being voting. You know, voting is still open, by the way, for yeah. the spin awards. And, uh, yep. it, you know, your votes matter. They, uh, we love your support. We appreciate your support. And if you guys can take the time, go vote. Um, every Friday on Facebook and Instagram, there's uh, links that drop uh, for for that. Uh, from now uh, until the end of the month, we'll be posting those links on uh, social media. Get, follow that. Go vote for us. Like I said, we've been nominated for Podcast of the Year and Podcaster of the Year. So, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I'm still kind of floored yes. by it, and I would love <laughs> to get the opportunity to go attend those award ceremonies. Wow. So that would be sweet. Could but you imagine that that's beyond hmm. the point. Oh man, it, you know it, it would be. It, it's going to take a miracle. It, <laughs> it's going to take a miracle it from is God. Take a miracle. But and uh, all glory to Him. All glory to him, you know, because even just us nominating, we we thank the Lord for that. And uh, that just means that our message, uh, that God's message, not our message, I'm sorry, is, is getting out there. That um, the word is spreading. And that's all that we can hope for, is that you guys are all getting into God's word. So uh, do you have anything to add before we take off from here, Marshall? Nope. I just want to say, well, I do. I said no, but I do. I want to say, um, listen to this podcast, and then the the next episode or the next episode we're going to go into chapter nineteen in Luke. So uh, I encourage you to read ahead. Uh, we start to talk about in the beginning of of Luke nineteen uh, salvation and Jesus bringing some mm. salvation to some people and all that good stuff. I won't, I won't say too much about it, but go into it, start reading, get ahead. That way, when you follow, when you listen to the next podcast, you can, you can follow along. You'll have a better understanding as to what we're talking about because you've already read it. So I encourage you to do that. Do all the things Aaron said. We love you guys. We appreciate yeah. you guys so much more than you, more than you know. Um, be good, do good. And we'll catch you soon. Yeah. And Oh, uh, one more thing before we go, Marshall, I, I, I apologize to Jeff. I did end up using Jeff Burns, um, as the artist oh, yeah. last week. So thank you, Jeff, for that, uh, for that music. Oh, he was, he's a really good Christian, uh, country music artist from uh, none Ooh. only than Texas. Come mm. on, y'all. Yes, sir. Come on now. Yeah, yeah buddy. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this week I will try and do better, uh, at, uh, whoever we're going to use, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm so we're so busy right now. I haven't had a chance to just sit down and listen to the who I want who we want to use next, and um, so I apologize for that. But then I will try and remember next week to recognize that artist. But of course, as usual, um, listen to the music at the end of this episode. They're all good Christian artists, whether it be heavy metal to contemporary to country to you know classic rock, whatever it is. They're all really good Christ- Christian musicians and uh we appreciate anything that they've uh submitted to us and we're excited to share it on here so follow their links follow what they're doing it's all in the show notes below so uh, yeah go yeah. listen Thanks to jeff again. burns the jeff burns go check out jeff burns have i mentioned jeff burns oh yeah there's a guy named jeff burns his music was yeah. in this podcast <laughs> go check out jeff burns <laughs> Last week, not 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 this podcast. Last the, week. the last week's last podcast. Week. So you'll have to backtrack a little bit, but I mean, but still go last listen. week's podcast. And anyway, the person right. of this podcast will be cool too. Gotta, yeah. Anyway, we got to get out of here. All right, hey guys, thanks for listening to Undaunted Pursuit podcast. We'll see you guys next week. See you later. Adios.